I was at work the other day. Some people were joking around about some kind of news article. I think some politician probably got caught up with a some kind of an escort or something. I'm not really sure. And they were joking around because one of the girls didn't know what an escort was. So they were trying to beat around the bush, no pun intended, trying to explain what an escort was to her. She was kind of young. That's when I caught wind of the conversation. I walked right up to him and I said, oh, I've had two escorts. And everyone looked at me like I was crazy. I said, yeah, my first one was blue and had two doors. And my second one was tan, had four doors and was a four speed. They laughed in a congenial manner because to be honest, the joke wasn't that funny. So I probably turned around and thought to myself, I gotta stop telling dad jokes. A curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Christopher. Hey, Joe. We are back again. We are. It's like it's like we're not going to ever stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be editing oh, forever. I've got some journal entry stuff. Okay. Shoot. Joe, we are entering the 48-hour film contest again this year. Yes. And the 29-day later film contest. Yeah. Film festival. Fe- film festival. Film, festival film project. project. Project? Film project. Film festival. project. They're all film projects. They're yes, not really they contests. No, they're not. But they are. But they're not really. Well, but, like, you kind of get like $5 and a plaque. Yeah. yeah. We don't ever win. But I mean, you know. We won some stuff last year. Yeah, we did. We won uh, best, uh, what, editing, right? Best editing, best costume for or some music. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We it, won a couple of things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Most of that was you. Yeah. All right, I would say everybody. I would say best costuming for everybody. Yeah, because everybody pitched in on that. That's true. So, and they're both happening this year during like some of the same weekends. <laughs> yes, because the twenty nine day you get twenty nine days. The forty eight right. hour you only get two days. Like basically, well, it's three days technically. Well, I, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, three but days. it's Friday night to Saturday night, Saturday night to Sunday night. It's forty eight hours, two days. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, yeah, you get like. No, yeah, you, yeah. No. you get no time yeah. to do everything. To do everything and make an entire film. So right. also, my wife and I are going to be leaving the third day, which you're probably going to be just editing anyway, mm-hmm. to go to vacation. So that's even more pressing. It's yeah. going to be, that's going to, this is going to be a rough one, man. It's going to be juggling out the yin-yang. Yeah. So or into the yin-yang. I'm not really sure how that works. I'm not exactly sure what that means. I but, don't know. Yeah. We're, we're got a lot of Benoit beads up in the air. <laughs> oh my God. All right. <laughs> So, uh, so look for that, and uh, we'll be, we'll make sure that uh, when that is all over, that we'll be posting the uh, the videos for you to watch. Mm-hmm. So and it's a very exciting time for us, right? And if you haven't checked them out before, or want to revisit, go to our YouTube page and check out our companion videos for our podcast stuff, yeah. or some of our previous entries into film festivals and film project things. Yeah, so if you go to youtube.com backslash Curioso Podcast, or just type in Curioso Podcast into YouTube, you should be able to find it. And we even have a playlist, 
set up for specifically just our movies yes. that we've made for film festival mm-hmm. entries. Or we film. have a whole separate production company for that. Yeah, Curioso Films. There you go. Yeah. Well, I actually, I believe I have a page on the website specifically for that. Mm-hmm. It has all those mm-hmm. on there, too. Yep. So, Which you kindly told me that I have to update because I never put any of our accolades on there. That's right. I still have to do that. We'll okay. get on When that. you give me this episode, I'll make sure that I update it. <laughs> gotcha. that'll, that'll, I'll put it on the to-do list. Okay. To-do'd list. To-do'd? To-do'd. I got to to-do'd it. So, Joe, before we start, I just wanted to ask you, so what kind of cars have you had in your life? Oh, man, that's tough. My first car, it was a 1970-something Ford Fairlane. Really? never ran. Mm -hmm. I had it for maybe three months. You would, like, just sit in it in the driveway and go... I was 15. (laughs) And I think I gave the guy like a hundred bucks and he lived like right down the street. Mm -hmm. And I would go to his house and like plan all the things I was going to do with this stupid car. It never ran. And eventually I was just like, well, never mind. And that was it. You just gave him the title back? Yeah. And that's it? Next car, I was 16 Mm -hmm. and my father gave me a full one ton old 1980s cargo van. Oh, really? Yeah. Brown. (laughs) It was ridiculous. And that thing ran for about two weeks. Had free candy written on the side? Yes. Seriously. (laughs) It was creepy. I think my mom sold it to one of her buddies or something at the time. Yeah. And then I got a 74 Ford Maverick. Oh, I remember the Maverick. So that was the car that I took my driver's test on. That is insane. You actually were able to... Do the parallel parking in the I Maverick. Everything in that car. That's nuts. Until, what did it just rust out completely? Uh, well, <laughs> the thing had many, many problems. I bought it for 300 bucks. That's crazy. So I did a, I don't know how much money worth of work into that thing. Uh, but yeah, eventually it just got to the point where I couldn't put enough money in to keep it going. And I moved to Colorado, left it here. And while I was in Colorado, my kind generous wonderful older sister decided to sell it without me knowing how could she even do that without your name on the title she i don't know she She did basically sent me the papers (laughs) and said sign this and i was like what are you doing i'm selling your car why why because it's sitting in mom's driveway and she wants it out of here so anyway i loved that car it was an amazing like the 74 maverick had so much character it was Basically, the the Mercury Comet is very similar, Mm -hmm. but the Ford Maverick was built on the Mustang chassis. Right. So it it was very similar in feel to an older Mustang, like 70s. I love that car. It was white, right? Yeah. Yeah. White with pea green interior. Sweet. Oh, yeah. That thing was beautiful. (laughs) Anyway, uh, after that, it was a slew of random, I think I had an Astro van, had a Ford Explorer neon oh the neon was mine the neon was yours yeah and that that got stolen out in front of a starbucks (laughs) and i called you first thinking that you were playing a joke on me no absolutely not (laughs) and it totally got stolen and uh yeah fun times oh man so yeah i've had all kinds of garbage yeah 
you know, tons of tons of stuff and cast offs and mm-hmm. and everything else that like I, you know, my sister's trying to get rid of something. Yeah. Gave her a couple hundred bucks for it or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, all kinds of stuff. But right now I, I'm driving around in the '96 uh, Ford Explorer. Yeah, I had the sport version of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was like almost the same one. Mm-hmm. Was it the same year? Uh, no, that was yours a, was a little 2002. Newer. Yeah, yours was but definitely same, a little newer. Same darn thing. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, and now I've got a, a Mini Cooper, which. I love the thing, but my God, it's expensive to fix. Joe, I can't get in your Mini Cooper. I know like, you can't. Like, Why do you I, think I got it? I get into it. I have gotten into it. And when I do, my head hits, it touches the ceiling. Yeah, we get a crank. And you're taller than me. I don't oh, understand. You got to crank the seat all the way down. I, I don't has, even know how to do that. It has an up and down position for the seats, mm-hmm. the actual seat. Yeah. So you have to crank it all the way down. So it's like, I don't know, this far away from the floor, like eight inches off the floor. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Well, I just get in it and I, I like, I cramp. I just cramp. <laughs> everything just cramps as yeah. I'm getting into it. And then I was try to be nice and let my wife sit in the front seat with you. And I got into the back seat. Oh, mm-hmm. you, I just, which is basically the back of a Miata. Yeah, no, I couldn't fit in the back <laughs> seat of it with like if you had like anything else in there. If uh-huh. you put a six pack of beer in the back seat, You're I wouldn't fit. Right, right. It's ridiculous. But the reason why I ask is because today I wanted to talk about some weird vehicles. Okay, you are. Is that yeah, a good one? No, I think you okay. A, I, I'm hoping you did some research for it. I did a little bit. You did a little bit. Yeah, okay, about well, the, as much as my Mini Cooper will hold. Right. right. Well, I wanted to do, so I I did research. I picked out three weird cars that I remember growing up and seeing either documentaries for Mm -hmm. or just little clips of things. What what is that, like that, like Epcot Center, the car of tomorrow sort of thing, right? And here's the thing is that in the car world, every year there usually is some sort of car show. There's a grand car show. Right. Used to be held in Detroit. Now it kind of moves around. Detroit still has one, mm-hmm. but the thing that car makers will do is they will present these what are called concept cars, right? Mm-hmm. With either new technology in them, a new braking system, new designs. That's that's where you showcase what you could do with your new production line for the next year, next five years or something. Right. And they always make them like wacky, like it's a big bubble on the top of it or Sometimes. something. That yeah. was like the 60s, you know? Yeah, what I mean? but I mean, some cars like... Even nowadays, you you know, the driverless cars, yeah, smart cars and things like that, you still have really neat concept cars coming out. Doesn't mean they're going into production. Right. Most of the time, only a small percentage of the technology or mechanical parts will be used in a production model car. Right. So one of the weirdest cars that I've seen recently is, have you seen that like motorcycle car? You have to wear a helmet with it, right? I don't even know what it's called. That's like the worst thing. The one with the two wheels in the front and the one in the back. Yes. Yeah. What is that thing? I don't remember. I think it's not a spider, but it's something similar. Really? Yeah. Well, that is bizarre. And it looks like it's treated as a motorcycle. It's like a reverse trike. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I I believe like, like, like the three wheeled ATVs and stuff have Mm -hmm. even been like oh, no, outlawed are, in yeah. most states my cousin when i was little had one mm-hmm. a three-wheeler yeah. and a four-wheeler but he never took the three-wheeler out because he would always tip it right because they're easy to tip yeah right yeah and you just f- go flying off the well, handlebars it, to the side yeah high center of gravity big poofy tires and yeah. it kind of just bounces around we're gonna talk about cars mm-hmm. before we talk about those let's talk about the etymology of the word car oh all right then comes from the Anglo-French cari, 
C-A-R-R-E, for wheeled vehicle. Also from the Celtic word for two-wheeled chariot, or the Latin carra, C-A-R-R-A. It can also be compared to the Old Irish and Welsh car, C-A-R-R, for cart or wagon. Hmm. I got a fast car. A little Tracy Chapman? No? I don't know. No. Oh, God. She had no. like one song that I... She had two songs, she and two one songs? of them, I don't remember what the other one was called, See? one of them was I Got a Fast Car. Okay. What is the other one? Hey, hey, you, you, get into my car. Or there's the band The Cars. Oh, there it is, yeah. Anyway, okay. let's start. All right, okay. So uh, the reason why I was talking about the, the three-wheeled cars mm-hmm. is because the first car that I want to talk about has trace wheels, Joe. Hmm. Have you ever heard of the Dale? The race car driver guy? No, not Dale Earnhardt. That's However, it. in searching... Uh, and researching the Dale, that did come up quite a bit when oh, I was like yes. looking for pictures and yeah, stuff like that. Like, so, yeah, you're like, Dale, car, racing. So, so no, this happened during the 1970s. And do you, you remember what else happened during the 1970s, right? A lot of things. Okay, but having to do with cars and gasoline. Gasoline? Gasoline. For a tank of juice. <laughs> well, that, I believe that that came it out did. of that as well. Yes, it did. But it was the whole deal with OPEC and they were raising their prices. Yes. There was yes. a whole political Gas thing. shortages and things. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, literally people, I believe there were these kind of rations that came out where you, depending on your license plate, mm-hmm. whether it was odd or even, mm-hmm. depended on the day where you could actually go and get gas. Yes. So there were lines that were like two and three hours long, stuff like that. Right. And me having a 1974 car, I understand the trouble because that thing got eight miles to the gallon. So Are you serious? Eight miles to the gallon? Pretty damn close. Joe, I, I'm not sure like how many miles to the gallon like my truck gets, but I'm, I'm sure it's not very good. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm probably... Yeah, my Exploder Sport that I had wasn't very good on right. mileage. So. I, I mean, maybe, maybe the high teens... Maybe, yeah, like probably 15 miles a gallon. Yeah, something, something like that. that. I yeah. mean, you know, that thing is old. Yeah. You know, so I also have a hole in the radiator, but, you know. That'll help. But here's the thing. Is it, you know, it doesn't seem to ever go, you know, uh, it doesn't ever seem to overheat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as I don't fill a radiator up, I'm pretty good. Well, you got a bunch of juju in there, too. <laughs> You're like magic talismans to keep it running. <laughs> You've got things hanging from every. I do like, have things thing. hanging. I have like El Tigre dollars stapled to my <laughs> ceiling. Yes, you do. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you. Most of our listeners probably don't know what that is, unless you know who El Tigre is. Right. El Tigre will know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I have El Tigre dollars stuck mm-hmm. to my ceiling, uh, and yeah, a whole bunch of like, like uh, the one inch punk rock pins buttons, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, all stuck to my ceiling and all kinds and of shrunken stuff. Shrunken yeah. heads and other oh, talismans. Yeah. And yeah, I have birth of my shrunken head Chi-chi in there balls. too. Yeah. No, you put those in your work van that I gave you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So here's the problem: is that you know you had this big gas shortage, and mm-hmm. uh, they. You know, there were lots of people that were trying to cash in on that gas shortage. Mm. One of the one of the people who uh, were doing pretty well with that, and uh, were the the uh, people overseas because they were making smaller cars, specifically right. China, Japan, places like that. Yeah, yeah. So even uh, I believe uh, what is it? Somewhere in Korea, they make Kias mm-hmm. as well. So all of those kind of cars started being sold in the United States. So all of the gas guzzling. Uh, 1970s, like... Boats, land boats. Yeah, and like muscle cars and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, that you'd be getting like five, six miles of the gallon. What's the whole joke is, you know, you press on the gas and the speedometer... 
the speedometer and the gas gauge both move at the same time. Right. Or, or you have enough It's a visual gas. joke. I'm sorry. You have enough gas to get to the next gas station. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So they were cashing in and uh, there were some Americans that decided to try and cash in. Mm-hmm. So there was the uh, this company that came about called the 20th Century Motors Corporation. They wanted to make this car call, called the Dale. Uh, they had a brochure that the Dale would get upwards of 70 miles per gallon. That's a lot back then. Yes. Oh, that's that's a lot now. I mean, seriously, that's like I know. that's like uh, that's like a hybrid or yeah. whatever. How how would you possibly get seventy miles a gallon? Uh, my mini gets, I don't know, probably about forty something. Right. So this is double that plus. Yeah. It also said it could reach up to eighty-five miles an hour and cost less than two thousand dollars. What? And in nineteen seventy-four dollars, that was cheap. It was. Still, what about ten thousand dollars nowadays? Maybe twelve. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So that was a, a lot of claims, and it almost sounded like a rational claim. Like when you see like the sticker, you know, the sticker price or whatever, and then mm. you see like the gas mileage that you probably could get. That's uh, like yeah, with the wind at your back and no weight in the vehicle. You're talking and you, like highway versus city. Yeah, like literally, like like that best gas mileage thing mm-hmm. or whatever. Just immediately take like. Like seven miles a gallon off of that because right, yeah, right. like unless you have the wind at your back and somehow the <laughs> and sun is helping propel you right, and you're slipstreaming the giant truck in front and, of you. Yeah, right, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. Like you know, it's you're like caravanning. Ape- yeah, you're apexing every single turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just drifting on the mm-hmm. turns. Yeah. So, uh, but oh, uh, I for, totally forgot to mention the Dale also, like I said, three wheeled tires, two mm-hmm. in the front, one in the back. Okay. It also had like this kind of wraparound dashboard. Okay. Inside of it, mm-hmm. so uh, the company was also claiming that uh, it would be cooled by 850 cc's of air, so it was an air cooled engine. Okay. Not a water cooled engine. So there you go. There's some hmm. weight lifting, mm-hmm. so that might help it get some, you know, some good mileage. Sure. I, I believe the 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 owner of the company. By the way, her name was Geraldine Elizabeth Carmichael. Okay. She was the person who was uh, the head of the company and trying to bring it forward. Mm-hmm. She also claimed that the the glass was uh, some sort of a, a bulletproof, like a polymer super hard polymer glass. Mm-hmm. Although the the outside of it looked like it was fiberglass, she mm-hmm. also claimed that it was a new kind of metal mm-hmm. uh, that her husband had created. Interesting. Now, yeah. So yeah, it, it gets uh, it gets even better from there. So are you wondering at this point, Joe, why you haven't heard of the Dale? Uh, yeah. And why we don't have the Dales I, around? Yeah, I, I never. Well, that's because the company never got off the ground. Oh. Uh, although she went around touting this thing up and down the California coast, mm-hmm. uh, she had three hundred million dollars that she had gotten from different people mm-hmm. in order to try to make the Dale a reality instead of turning it from this prototype car right, to right. something else. Uh-huh. Here's the thing is that the prototype, she said that it was her husband who had passed away, mm. who was a NASA engineer oh. who had created the car before he passed. And she just got with uh, some other workers and and put it all together. Okay. So she got with some other mechanics and they were able to take and make this beautiful prototype. So there was an actual prototype made. There was. Um, I believe there's actually two of them that were made. She had also talked about the 150,000 square foot assembly plant in Burbank, California that had a hundred employees on the rolls. Oh wow! You know, so ready to turn these out. So she was basically just this oil crunch. She was trying to 
to, to stop. Mm-hmm. They market it as high-tech, lightweight, yet safer than existing cars of the time by eliminating the, one of the real wheels that saved 300 pounds and knocked $300 off the car's price. Mm. So it was 190 inches long, 51 inches high, and weigh less than 1,000 pounds, said Carmichael. Less than 1,000 pounds? Yeah. What? And she said wow. that the, the car's lightness didn't affect its stability because it's low center of gravity. It was very low to the ground, even though it was a triangle. She said because it was very low, it didn't have any problems. Hmm. She also said that the Dale was powered by a revamped BMW two-cylinder motor motorcycle engine. Okay. So she had took the BW, uh, BMW motorcycle engine and put it put it in there. Okay. So it was basically like supposed to be like a like a tiny little sports car, you know sure. what I mean? But with yeah, like yeah. huge gas mileage. Right. Liz Carmichael was a very charismatic with a uh, huge presence. Uh, kind of woman she was also six feet tall and 200 pounds okay yeah big woman mm-hmm. so uh she said that she was uh, a huge Anne Rand fan so one of the things with that is that the the name of the her motor company is actually taken from an Anne Rand novel oh yeah the 20th century motor corporation was the fictitious motor company mm-hmm. in atlas shrugged hmm. so here's where things really started to go south for the company uh in late january in 1975 one of the motor company salesmen and former public relations representative william d miller was found murdered in his encino office murdered murdered he was killed inside of the office wow the victim had four gunshot wounds to the head so literally what? yeah four shots to the head so the prime suspect was fellow employee Jack Oliver, who it was soon discovered had previously served with Miller in San Quentin Prison. Well, there you go. They both used to be cons. Mm-hmm. They both work for this company, and they mm-hmm. think that one shot the other. Wow. So because of this, people started looking into the, the, the company to see... As a whole. Yeah, as a whole, to see what was going on with it, because, you know, you don't you normally get, you know, murders around, you know yeah. what I mean? Like car companies, but... Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is where it really starts to get a little bit crazy. Liz, who is never afraid of any kind of publicity, during all of this, she actually took her company because people were looking into it and moved it down to Texas. And during this time, she changed the name of the Dale mm-hmm. to the Revet. And with just as, a, as much enthusiasm with the Dale, she managed to have it on a showcase showdown prize on The Price is Right in early, t- early 1975. Wow. Uh, the contestant was unable to guess the car's price, uh, saving everyone the embarrassment of winning a car that didn't actually move under its own power because they what? couldn't. They actually pushed the car onto the set. Oh, so that, that's hilarious. So that someone could win it. This is like the 89 Batmobile. Yeah. So where it really started to go crazy was uh, when they started doing all this investigating, mm. uh, they actually found that the, the, the vehicle wasn't, it didn't actually have like a real chassis. Like the chassis was made mostly out of uh, out of like some steel like tubing that you could buy at like Home Depot. Okay, like you're talking like a like a buggy almost. Yeah, well, yeah, and the bumper wasn't uh-huh. like a real bumper. It wasn't made out of metal or or any kind of reinforced anything. It was like a chunk of wood that what? vinyl had been like brought over. So it seems oh, to me no. like they like upholstered the bumper with plastic. Okay. Uh, the, 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 the fiberglass body was actually fiberglass. It wasn't any kind of bulletproof anything. Right. The, uh, the, the glass in the, you know, that was supposed to be bulletproof was mm-hmm. like just crappy, 
like glass that they had like put together. So when they actually looked at the at the vehicle, mm-hmm. it was like bits and bobs and pieces from like all different other kinds of vehicles gotcha. that, that they just kind of shoved onto it. Mm-hmm. So here's the the kicker: when they actually came after Liz Carmichael, they actually found out that wasn't her given name. Hmm. So originally she was born a man, Jerry Dean Michael. Uh oh wait. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which explains why she was also six, six foot tall, tall and two hundred pounds. Well, she could have been like a Brienne of Tarth kind of person. Well, that is true, absolutely. And, and basically, she was a was a con artist. Ah. So was a man born a man was a con artist. Mm-hmm. It turns out that the the her hus- her her wife, his okay. wife at the okay. time, and eventually became his her wife. Oh, so confusing. It gets okay. a little confusing. So. Uh, was originally one of the uh, receptionists for the for the the motor company. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that she had passed away and left Liz with five children. Oh, yeah. So she was a mother of five the the whole time. Well, right. a father of five who eventually became a mother of five. Gotcha. So looking for a large payday to cover costs of things and stuff, maybe? I'm thinking, but I also think that she was, I mean, a con artist to begin with when she Mm. was a guy and Mm -hmm. continued to be a con artist through the rest of uh, her life. Wow. It does look like a very bizarre car, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, Uh, not safe at all. And you said they only made two concept cars, so... Concept cars, I guess, don't really have to be functional, yeah, but, per se. But it's also like the area that they said that they had for manufacturing. Right. When people started showing up and going there, the, mm. the police, reporters, stuff like that, it was just like... An empty lot. Yeah, an empty <laughs> warehouse. Sweet. Now, eventually, Liz Carmichael went on the run, like you do, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until, I believe, 1985... That unsolved mysteries okay. put her put her up, and uh-huh. they actually uh, someone did find her. Oh wow! Uh, she was on the side of the highway somewhere in Texas, selling flowers. Really? Yeah, and and they found her and her her five children all selling flowers, and uh, uh, she went to jail for it. So, good. so so it has a good ending. Nice, you know. Nice. Hello, Curioso fans. Have you ever wondered what it would be like if Chris and Joe didn't put all of their hard work into researching the topics for this show? Hi, I'm John Bennett. And I'm Patrick Stork. And we are the hosts of Expert of Nothing. A live game show where we bring six contestants up to to talk about a pre-selected topic. And also to flash a topic that they have no idea what it will be. A completely unscripted debate. By experts making it up right on the spot. It's sort of like a bar argument meets TED Talks. More facts than a Texas textbook. You can catch our podcast every two weeks on the Peak Slot Network. You can catch our live shows every month at the wind-up space. Alternative facts. We got them. We invented them. So before we go on to our next car, me and Chris are having a an American Pale Ale mm-hmm. by Bell's Brewing Company called... Oatsmobile. Well, it's so funny. I stopped by the I stopped by the liquor store on the way, and it was the only car themed. Yeah, it wasn't actually. It's not even car themed. So it says Oatsmobile, and it has a big horse on it. So yeah, but you know, I had to go for the for the punny. Was Oldsmobile right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool because Bell's is actually out of Michigan. I guess it has the Detroit history. Mm hmm. So it's kind of neat. Right. Yeah. So it makes sense. Mm hmm. All right, Joe. So what do you know about the DeLorean? You gotta get it up to 88 miles an hour, buddy. <laughs> That's about it. All right. So 
The DeLorean is actually named after. Well, it's well. First off, no, I I, I know it's named after a guy right. named John DeLorean. Mm-hmm. It had just stop me if I'm wrong. It had a bunch of random parts and pieces from different car companies. It had some Mopar. It had some GM. It had some Ford stuff, because the whole point was, DeLorean wanted to make a inexpensive sport car. Mm-hmm. Right. For the masses, instead of trying to spend a bajillion dollars at the time for high-end sports cars. Well, he was he was born in 1925 in Detroit, Michigan. So there you go. He's got a Lego. Car town. Yeah. Right. The original DeLorean wasn't... It's not called the DeLorean, even right. though we think of it as a DeLorean, because it was the DeLorean Motor Company. Right. DMC. Right. Now, the, the model that we're thinking of is called the DMC-12. Right. Of course, you know, you have your iconic gullwing doors. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was made by John DeLorean, and he started working in the 1950s. He worked as an engineer for the Packard Motor Company, or mm-hmm. he later moved to General Motors, and he was credited with developing several cars. The Pontiac GTO. Mm-hmm. or the GOAT. Or as we like to think of as the, uh, the very first muscle car. Mm-hmm. He was the head of uh, the youngest head of Chevrolet for a time, mm-hmm. uh, and in 1973, DeLorean redesigned GM and eventually formed his eponymous company, DeLorean Motor Company. Right. He had huge investments from the British government as well as celebrities, including Johnny Carson, Sammy Davis Jr., mm-hmm. because he was kind of like a socialite. He was like, yeah, he was like an engineer. Who basically was like uh, kind of hanging out with think all of, of those kind of characters. Think of Elon Musk. Right. Yeah. Same exactly. Same guy. Yep. He opened up the factory in Dunmary, Ireland. Yes. And in 1981, he began producing his dream sports car, the DMC-12. And it was $25,000 at the time. Can you imagine in 1981 dollars? That's not bad. Still high end. Yeah. Because most cars... In the 80s, running around 10. Right. Maybe, I mean, your base model stuff's probably five, six, seven. But yeah, your high end stuff, you're mm-hmm. still, I mean, like cars now, like a base car now will run you twenty five to $30,000. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, so I'm just saying, like at the time, that is, that's quite it's a bit pretty of hefty. Yeah. yeah. However, uh, they started running into financial trouble and the plant was shut down October 9th, 19th, 1982. So between 19. 19- <laughs> 1981 and 1982 was the only time they were actually able to take and import these cars. It was basically a year. Right. Now, they did have a bunch of really cool features. Mm -hmm. They had stainless steel body panels. Right. So they would never rust. Never, ever. Just dent. Right. But it was similar to the, the mindset of Henry Ford. You can have any color you want. As long as it's black. Right. Yeah. But it was really neat. It was a really neat idea that you didn't have to have a bunch of different colors or anything else. It was just all stainless steel. I mean, it really is truly a beautiful and unique car. They are so short. And it's 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 so uh it's so like nineteen eighties in its boxiness. Oh. oh yeah. I mean, even like like I remember the like the the way the Mustangs looked in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I really like the way those look. But yeah. the, it's just those they just look like uh like the Interceptor, right? They're mm-hmm. just all like just these blocky looking yeah. you know vehicles yeah. and stuff. But think about like Tom Selleck's Ferrari and Magna PI. Right. Yeah. So it reminds me a, the DeLorean reminds me a lot of that Ferrari mm-hmm. in the design. Make it a little bit more blocky, a little square here and there, but it's the same kind of design. That sort of two-door sports car look. 
I love this quote from uh, from Time uh, in in 1981. Shaped like a flying wedge, the DeLorean appears to exceed the 55 mile an hour speed limit while standing still. Mm-hmm. Something uh, about the last car that I forgot to mention: the 55 mile an hour speed limit mm-hmm. during the gas crisis and everything. Do you know that that's why that was enacted? Yes, because. Because we had so little gas, we were trying to save it. Right. That was why we we slowed everybody down to 55. Yeah. That's why Sammy Hagar can't drive 55. That's right. Because he doesn't abide to the rules or something. He I don't know. He doesn't abide by them. Yeah, no. Now he just makes like... Uh, uh, makes like spritzers on a beach. <laughs> I think he makes like... Anyway, who gives a shit about Sammy Hagar? Right. No one. <laughs> Not even Sammy Hagar. So yeah, in 1980, he actually had like seven people that had already put down a deposit on the Golden DeLorean, and it just continually uh, moved up from there. Mm-hmm. In that time, approximately 9,000 DMC-12s were produced. So 9,000 cars in just over a year. That's kind of slow Yeah, compared to other car companies, but this is a startup. This is a brand new car company. Yeah, and I mean, it basically became like an instant collectible, right? Yeah. There are like, you know, the old guys that like sit with the old cars, you know, outside of like the ice cream joints. Like enthusiasts? Yeah. Oh, car clubs, right? So there's car clubs like, you know, around the U.S. where people that owned DeLoreans. Yeah, Maryland has a DeLorean fan club. Oh, do they really? A DeLorean car club in Maryland. Yeah, and I think owners help other people find them and restore them and buy them. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, if you really are into having a DeLorean, they Mm -hmm. will help you, you know, try to find one that's being sold. Right, right. And like I said before, like, most of the internal workings, they were what he could find cheap that would work with the other parts and pieces that he got. Mm -hmm. So he didn't actually design, and I don't think any of the engine stuff was his designs. It was mostly cobbled together from other car companies right well there is a a delorean motor company that still exists Mm -hmm. however it is not owned by uh by john delorean anymore who which by the way he is is now passed Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. john delorean doesn't own this but they have all the parts they actually wound up buying like a whole bunch of the leftover parts from the company and got them shipped over and they're they're somewhere out of california as well right and that is where most people get their like parts and you know aftermarket like whatever's left over yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's like on DeLorean.com. You can just get on here and it, boom, it's right there. So you can actually... So where do you buy the flux capacitor? Well, I believe that you have to stand on the toilet, <laughs> slip off of it and hit your head. Ah. So, of course, you know, we're joking around about yeah. the point that it was the iconic car, mm-hmm. uh, the the time traveling machine, mm-hmm. which, uh, what is it? October 21st, 1985? I believe so. Right? Was mm-hmm. uh, when time travel happened. Yeah, and when, when he went time into the, travel happened. When he went into the future, it was October 21st, 2015. Because it's like 30 years, right? Yes. So that's what you have to remember. It's 30 years. He went 30 years into the past and then mm-hmm. 30 years into the future. Yeah. So, because you have like that meme where everybody was like, every year they would mm-hmm. like put it out and just like change the date on it but yep, no it was yep. it, it sh- i believe it was 2015 so yeah. good couple of years ago mm-hmm. we're a little bit late for this episode joe oh you know <laughs> okay let me just say this i remember 
something about cocaine. Cocaine? Cocaine. Oh, yeah. Jeez, oh, this, this happens every single time. I know, every time. So I remember something about cocaine and the DeLorean, right? So I, I always thought that maybe, like, I had heard something, like maybe he was smuggling it in the cars. I thought it, I always thought it was if you buy a DeLorean, it came with free cocaine. That might that might have been it. I couldn't find that in my research. But, okay. But uh, it actually turns out, remember how I said October 19th, 1982, they actually wound up shutting the plant? Mm-hmm. The same day, DeLorean was arrested on drug trafficking charges in Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, and this was because several months earlier, he had been approached by a former drug smuggler uh-huh. that turned federal informant. Ooh. Uh, the two men engaged in a series of discussions about dealings with cocaine. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason why he did this, basically, was so that he could... Uh, fix the company he needed like seven million dollars in yeah, order to get did. the company just working again mm-hmm. because well, it, and i think he was also snorting half the profits well that might have been it but yeah he needed that money to continue you know continue to get it done mm-hmm. so it turns out that the jury actually acquitted him of mm-hmm. these charges he actually went to trial mm-hmm. the jury acquitted him in august of 1984 because uh they they thought it was entrapment right like the police came to him, they were like, "Oh, he needs money, so we're you know we'll we're going to yeah yeah," which it was. It was entrapment. Oh, yeah, they, you know they shouldn't have been doing that. But so that was the cocaine. They weren't actually smuggling it from Ireland, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't even think cocaine grows in Ireland. So <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. But no, okay, I don't think they do a lot. I mean, a lot of cocaine in Ireland. But as a kid, I remember hearing something about it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, they used to." They used to smuggle it in the trunks of the... the in the, the door it, panels. Yeah, and, yeah. It, you know what I mean? But that's not actually what it was. No. So I just think that the DeLorean mm. is a iconic, beautiful car. Mm. And uh, I've seen one around Maryland before. Oh, I've seen several. I've seen it driving life. around. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they are amazing to behold. I remember being at a car show just randomly. I was like, oh, a car show. I'll just walk around this thing. Yeah. They had a DeLorean there. And literally, like the top of the car, it's sitting on the tarmac, on on the driveway in this mall or whatever. The top of the car came up to like my belly button. It, it's, I was like, it's short, this man. This thing is tiny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's the idea of getting good gas mileage or I whatever, know. right? But they are awesome cars. It doesn't get a whole lot of. I don't think it's. It is technically a sports car, but I don't think it's like. No, it's not a room room sports car. Yeah, style wise, it's a sporty car yeah right yeah. so i always thought you should you would look good in a delorean i definitely you know? would <laughs> i know ever... george rrrrrr martin has one i don't think he does actually i think he borrowed that oh did he borrow it yeah so do you remember watching the uh what was what it game over yes okay so yeah, in that the guy who wrote ready player one mm-hmm. he let george rr R. martin borrow his okay but then the guy who directed the game over movie borrowed it from george martin oh was, was that what it was yeah because did he, he borrow him. it from george martin yeah, i thought he george met martin him. borrowed it from the writer player one guy no no because he met him at some convention thing about the atari so thing, that he could drive he it borrowed, down yeah oh okay so you know i don't even i should probably learn that guy's name because, I, uh, but uh, they're apparently turning that into a movie, Ready Player One. I still hmm. haven't read the book, but I keep on hearing such good things about it. Mm-hmm. So that is my uh, New Year's resolution in July, sure. making a New Year's resolution that I want to. I want to at least listen to that audio book before the end of the year. <laughs> okay, because I, I hear I hear good things, good. and you know I want to read it before the movie so I can be a smug book reader, very much like I am with Game of Thrones. Right. Did you see the? I don't know if it's a real trailer, but a trailer. 
for Back to the Future 4. Oh, I did see that. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if it's real. No, it's not. No. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be awesome. To have that at least those two guys back in the seat and working on a project together. It would be good. But, I, yeah. I you know, they probably got enough money. They do, but, I, you know. It's, I would love it. That would be awesome. Absolutely. I, I mean, you could get a new generation in, right? Oh, hell yes, you can. <laughs> Just don't don't redo the whole thing. Just let no. them continue it. D- pass it on to a new generation or there something like that? There you go. Like it's Marty's kid. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And pass it on. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that would be good. All right, Joe, I wanted to do another little little throwback here uh, sure. to 1961 Germany. Okay. And it actually goes back a, a little bit further than that, too. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the Amphicar. The Amphicar. Right. So the Amphicar is the predecessor to the, what is it, the Schwimmer? Schwimmenwagen. Schwimmenwagen. I'm going to Schwimmenwagen. I'm going to get my Schwimmenwagen. Get in and, the pool and go Schwimmenwagen. And look for some Cisurbans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So the Amphicar is, the name is shortened from amphibious car. Right. And it was produced in Germany between 1961 and 1968. The total production was 3,878 vehicles. And you're talking the Amphicar. The Amphicar. Okay. Right. But it's descended from the Volkswagen. The, the Schwimmer wagon. I believe they called them like the bucket mobile. Like the they called it like mobile? the bucket car huh. because it was made like a bucket so that once it went into the water. Uh-huh. Oh, it would kind of like float it would along just, like a bucket. Like a bucket, just gotcha. bob up and down. Okay. So uh, the Amphicar is the only civilian amphibious passenger automobile ever to be mass produced. So 3,000... 3, as, as of the time? Yeah. Well, no. You I mean, can get them now. Well, there are there companies are, that make them and they're like those little... You ever seen those little like... They kind of look like golf carts, and they kind of look like go karts, souped up. Yeah, but they can't be like carts. ridden on the on the. They can't be like ridden. What do you mean? Like like on the streets. Oh, oh, you're saying like street legal? Yeah, yeah. Okay, street yeah, legal no, I don't vehicles. Think I don't think I mean, there's anything street legal. Yeah, sure. There's stuff that you can take down into the the you know, into the bogs. Yeah. you know what I mean. In in the Carolinas or yeah, you know, yeah. into the Everglades and yeah. stuff like that. Kind of like an ATV, but yeah. the the amphibious ATVs. Right. And do yeah. do you remember in Baltimore, I think it was from like 2002 until like maybe 2010 or something like that. They also mm-hmm. had the, the the ducks? Yes. Those are they're larger. They're mm-hmm. almost Vietnam era deuce and a half truck that was used for the the American military. Right. I can't handle you saying deuce and a half. <laughs> well, that's what they're called. What I get when I have when after I drink some coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's what I got after I drank that meerkat coffee or whatever. Right. Had to take a deuce and a half. <laughs> anyway, but they were those are definitely based off of military vehicles. Right. Yeah, and those are like sightseeing vehicles nowadays, that, yes. Yeah. And yeah. they I think they're in like Philadelphia and stuff like that oh, and they yeah, actually take you out onto the, Right. They and they just take you right out onto the water and and back. So, but mm. they they aren't like mass produced, I don't think. No, no, there's a small company that makes them now for pretty much sightseeing and tourist stuff. Right. All right. So basically 3046 Amphicars were imported into the US between 1961 and 1967. They have a rear engine, a four-cylinder British-built Triumph Herald motor, and that produces 43 horsepower. Triumph, like the motorcycles? I think so. Hmm. They were only offered in four colors. Okay, smart. Beach white, regatta red, lagoon blue, and fjord green. <laughs> fjord. Fjord. Fjord green, or... Uh. 
Fjord. Or Aqua. Okay. Fjord. Fjord. The fjords. Fjord Green. Mm-hmm. So, fjord. So, Joe, the top speed of them in water is seven miles per hour. What is that? Three knots? I have no something, clue. It's like happed. Yeah, something like that. It, it also it would go up to 70, mile, 70 miles an hour on land. That's not terrible. Yeah, that's not awful. They dubbed the model 770 because seven miles an hour on the water, oh, 70 on the land. Oh, cute. So it moved in water with twin nylon propellers, and it was a special two-part land and water transmission that was built by Herms. The maker of the Porsche transmission mm. al- allowed the wheels and propellers to be operated in either independently uh-huh. or simultaneously. Oh. So if you're trying to get, you know, down a boat ramp yeah, yeah, and into yeah, the yeah. water, you could have it go independently or simultaneously. Right. I also right. think that there's like some bond purposes. Oh, you like, remember the Lotus? Like some, well, I, was, I meant like, yeah, some kind of James Bond purpose that exactly. you might need to have those going. <laughs> yeah, no, when when he, he, oh God, I don't remember what movie it was, but he had a car that looked kind of like a Lotus. Mm-hmm. And yeah, totally, well, it wasn't amphibious, it was submersible. Was it really? Yeah, oh yeah. You could just, it was right rad. on in. What movie was that in, do you know? It was in the 1977 James Bond, The Spy Who Loved Me. I don't know very much. And it was a Lotus. Was was it a Lotus? Yeah, it was a Lotus. There's a picture of it. Oh, oh my God. It looks like the Dale, Joe. No, it does not. (laughs) It looks exactly like the Dale. It looks like the Dale, but backwards. No, but this thing has four wheels. Well, okay. I'm saying it looks like the Dale with four wheels going backwards. Are you sure? It kind of looks like a submersible DeLorean. All right. Yeah, it does kind of look. <laughs> they all, they both kind of look a little similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So the Amphicar, a brand new one, mm-hmm. sold for between 2800 and 3300 depending on the year. Okay. And apparently they started going down in price because they were having a hard time selling them. It's weird because some of them look like someone is driving a... Like a Ford Fairlane, like a 50s right. Ford Fairlane into a lake. And they just drive into it and just keep on going. Yeah. You know what it I mean? It's like a classic, like, 50s car. Yeah. Driving into a lake. It's it's beautiful. I But I remember seeing, like, videos of it where, where you had the announcer speaking in, like, a transatlantic accent. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. The Amphicar. You know, and I'm like, wow. Das ist the Schwimmenwagen. <laughs> the Schwimmenwagen. Mm-hmm. We will sightsee and see if we see some serpents. <laughs> The U.S. government started putting out EPA regulations in 1968, however, and this caused the Amphicar to basically go belly up. Okay. Well, because they couldn't directly import them to the U.S. anymore because gotcha. they because of the the emissions that it was putting out. Well, were they diesel? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I think they were actually gasoline. Okay, so probably no catalytic converter or no filter or anything, yeah. just straight exhaust. Yeah, and the USA represented about 90% of the Amphicar sales. So the factory in Berlin just basically closed right up in 1968 because oh, they, wow. couldn't, they couldn't bring them in anymore. Wow. However, the remaining inventory and unused parts were purchased by Hugh Gordon of Santa Fe Springs in California who owns Gordon Imports, and it remains the Amphicar's owner's primary source for spare parts. Oh, wow. So if you still have an Amphicar, you can still get parts for it. Okay, Chris. The topic that I want to discuss, it's not really a car, uh-huh. per se. It is a guy. Two guys. Wait, wait, wait. Did this guy turn out to be a woman? No, no. All right. I want to talk about George Barris. Okay. And his brother, Sam Barris. 
The Barris Brothers. The Barris Brothers. Mm -hmm. George Barris was a custom car fabricator, designer, painter, and became a TV and film icon because of his work with cars. Okay. George and his brother Sam started working on cars probably in the early 30s and 40s. They started just doing basic car repairs. Tinkering? Yeah, tinkering and fixing, you know, like your neighbor's car is busted. And they're like, oh, we can, we can do that. We can fix it. Yeah. And then it slowly but steadily became like a passion. Like they were really good at it. And George also had an eye for design and art and painting. So within a few short years, they were getting work in TV and film with doing, like taking a, a an already made car and customizing it to the TV executive or the, the film executive's specifications. But they were also expanding their own company. George actually started a company called Custom, K-U-S-T-O-M, mm -hmm. like Custom LA. It started out as like a, a car customizing facility. Right. Then it became Custom America over the years. It, it just grew and grew and grew. Basically, people who like to customize their cars. Mm -hmm. Okay. So think of that. But this is the early stages of that. Like he was one of the the, the first proponents for, yeah, you you got a nice car, but make it yours. Right. You know, paint so job. He's the original pimp my ride. Pretty much. <laughs> Barris Custom Cars created some of the most unique. And iconic cars of at least my youth and before. So these cars are all done by the Barris Company. So first up, I want to talk about The Car from the film uh, The Car. Oh, okay. Did you ever see that movie? No, I don't think I ever You've did. You've never seen The Car? No. Uh -uh. Oh my God. Look up The Car. The I don't know. I just want to show you the picture. The Car. Film. Film. Okay. It was built... On a 1971 Lincoln Continental Mark III frame. So the Lincoln Continental is an awesome looking car by itself. Right. Okay. Matrix. They drive a Continental. Okay. It's a, it's a two or a four door with the two doors in the back being suicide doors. Okay. So I, I looked this up. Mm -hmm. All right. The picture of it. Mm -hmm. And there is a dude holding a gun at the car like he's going to shoot it. Yeah. It's a possessed car. Oh, so the it's car an is an evil possessed. car. Okay. Anton LaVey actually got some writing credits for working for the car? on the film. Really? Yeah. You know, that's a suggestion that we've had. What? To do an episode on Anton LaVey. Okay. Yeah. Just I, putting it out there. Sure. So Barris Company built four of those cars mm -hmm. in six weeks. Holy crap. Yes. Now, some of the interesting things about the car... It had 12-gauge plate steel on the sidewalls. How do you stop it then? Exactly. <laughs> Your brakes, did they, like, no, pump this, the brakes up a little bit? Well, this is a super heavy car. Yeah. So they made four of them. Three for doing all the stunt work and one for all the close-ups and the pretty shots. Mm -hmm. The thing had four bumpers, two in the front and two in the back. Yeah, I see. They're massive. Yeah. They had like these recessed eight inch headlights. So it just gave it this really dark look to the car. Plus, my favorite part is 20 coats, 20 coats of black pearl paint. That's, that's a lot of coats. That's, that's yeah. That's, that's, seems that's excessive. A lot of One of the stunt cars, they actually, in the film, the car actually has to do a couple of barrel rolls. So trying to roll a car on film is rather hard. Yeah, especially with like one that has tons of metal and plate steel on the sides. Yeah, and, and all this 20 other. coats of paint. 
and chrome and these giant wheels. They chopped the top like four inches just to give it this like weird, like squatty look. Yeah. So they actually had to use, I mean, this, the, the technique is now perfected and it's, it's a lot easier nowadays. But back then they'd use a telephone pole in like this canister with dynamite. The dynamite was, was lit with an, an ignition switch. It shot the pole down while the car was driving with enough force to flip the car over. And someone was driving it at the yeah, time. Yeah, stunt guy was driving it. With knowing that dynamite was involved. That's, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And the car successfully rolled five times and they got it on film. But one of the coolest, evilest looking cars I've ever seen. Next up, I want to talk about the Black Beauty. And not the horse. The Green Lantern car. Oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, Seth Rogen, right? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> no, no, no. So it was built off of a 1966 Chrysler Imperial. A pretty, pretty, pretty car. Very square, very blocky, similar to the Continental. The Green Lantern car was originally built and designed by Dean Jeffries, which was a friend of George's. Mm-hmm. Jeffries gave the Barris brothers the, like, the final like, touch-ups. You do all the crazy custom stuff. It came with tons of like functional crime-fighting equipment, like gas nozzles that would pop out, a stinger gun, flapping headlights to confuse the enemies. Well, you know... Flapping headlights definitely confuses enemies. That's right. You could uh, also probably uh, send uh, s- signals, right? Uh-huh. Like yeah, some... Like, uh, like Morse code. Morse code signals? Yeah. Uh, a trap door in the trunk. Extendable brushes to sweep away the tire tracks. So all these things were functional on screen. Like they would move, be able to be placed on screen so it looked like it was real. So you could actually... It, it, had, a, it had ways of actuating it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like with real little motors and things like that. Yeah, but that was, like you said, like pimp your ride to the nth degree. Right. Well, you got to keep Cato safe. <laughs> exactly. You know? One of my favorites that the Barris Brothers ever worked on was the 1966 A Batmobile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Willa, willa, woo! Mm-hmm. This is kind of a cool thing. They used a one-of-a-kind concept car as the base idea for the Batmobile. Was it the Dale? <laughs> it was not the Dale. It was the Lincoln Futura. Okay. And I believe Bears paid, I think, something like 250 bucks for it. So here's here's the thing that I was always wondering, is because you had mentioned like concept cars before, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, so what happens to those? Do they just like go to like the company's warehouse somewhere and just sit there? Sometimes. Sometimes they can be auctioned off for collectors that buy one-of-a-kind cars. Yeah. So like, Bear's, and they might not even work. Yeah, so Bears got a hold of one of these. Yeah. And that he, was what the Batmobile was. Well, a, I don't think he got it. He didn't get it specifically for the Batmobile. He just thought it was a cool-looking car and was able to say, you know, hey, I, I want that thing. Can we, right. Let me get that. And the, the company that contracted him to work on the Batman show... Mm-hmm. They ended up giving him, I think, three weeks to come up with a design and a functional car. Yeah. He was like, I can't make a car from scratch in three weeks. No way. So what he did was he went to his warehouse and was like, okay, I've got these cars. What can I turn one of these things into a Batmobile? He had just acquired the Futura. And if you look at the Futura by itself... It's got the pretty, pretty wings in the back, and it's got these really funky domes for, uh, you know, like this cockpit area. Yeah, that was like... So those, that's part of the Futura. That's not a yeah. bearish thing. So what he did is he took the base 
Futura and tweaked it and changed it enough to where it became the iconic Batmobile. Throw some uh, pinstriping onto oh, it. Hell yeah. Like he, yeah. And most of that stuff he did himself. As Batmobiles go, the 89 Tim Burton, Michael Keaton Batmobile, mm-hmm. still my effing favorite. Yeah, I mean, got that like uh, jet propulsion oh, thing in the front. Well, I mean, the 66 had the jet propulsion in the back. Oh, yeah, in the back, but not yeah. that... That oh, was the turbine. The turbine-looking yes. thing in the front. Yeah. Well, and the jet propulsion in the back, yeah. yeah. The first one, the 89 Batmobile, did not actually run. Oh, yeah? Like I said earlier, they had to push it down hills and pull it with wires. Oh, yeah. oops. Batman Returns, they were able to actually get it to run. Right. I believe uh, they have one of those at, what is it, like the Six Flags? It's a mock-up. The, the, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's. I'm sure. I think it's on like a golf one. cart. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. they just have the frame on top of a golf. Yeah, cart. and I've seen them on the interwebs where people have made like kit cars. Yeah of, yeah. of that. So those are my top three that Barris did that I think are absolutely amazing. But I do want to talk about a few other ones that he did. The Barris Custom Car Company also created cars like the Monster Coach. From the TV show The Monsters. Oh, remember he that? made that one too? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. The Beverly Hillbillies Hot Rod for the character Jethro. Mm-hmm. Very similar to the Monster Coach, but more hot roddy. So I, I was just looking up Barris.com, which is... That's the best. Right. Yeah. And I believe that... So I, I'm looking at this van thing that looks like the Mobile. It just says Supervan on the, the side. The Supervan, yeah. I, for a movie called Supervan uh-huh. in the early 1970s that came uh-huh. out. I remember reading something about that before, but it was like some kind of crazy movie. I've never seen Superman. 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 I've seen Superman. I've never <laughs> right. seen Superman. Yeah. So one of my other, other ones that I think is just... It's a badass looking car. They took a AMC car, American Motor Company. Oh, I love AMC stuff. Our, one of our friends had an AMC Javelin when we were growing up. Right. Uh, they took an AMX, which is similar to the Javelin, a little, little squattier, and they call it the AMX 400, and mm-hmm. it was for the show Banachek, mm-hmm. which was driven by the one and the only George Prepard. Do you know who he is? Not off the top of my head. John Hannibal Smith. From the A-Team. Oh, really? Yeah. George Barris even helped design and build the Super Pursuit Mode version of Kit from Knight Rider. Really? So so he worked on one of the like incarnations of Kit? So do you remember Super Pursuit Mode? I think it came out in the second or third season. Oh, man. Where they the, like, they the, all kind of blur. Like the wings and stuff would pop out. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I think so, so it the, yeah. It was the Trans Am. It would be like... Shh, and like pop out and Kit would go super fast. Yeah. Well, I think the camera was sped up, but whatever. Well, yes, it was. Same difference. One of the other favorites, look up, you're on Barris.com right now. Right. Look up the concept cars. So he designed a car called the Any Car. Mm-hmm. It was the Any Car Model 3. And it was kind of like a Franken car. He took 40 different makes and models of cars, like parts and pieces. And made one car out of all those parts and pieces. Now, the cool thing was, is he left the paint scheme kind of what the original cars were. Oh, okay. So it was like this Maj Podge, this, this like quilt looking like, car. It's like, a, I got a one piece at a time. Right, right. I got a 57, 56, 50. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But he, he, 
he made a fully functional car with all these random parts and pieces. So the base car was a 1974 Volkswagen station wagon. So it even had a drivable miniature car or a mini car. Oh, is that what's sticking the, out the front? In the front grill, it would, it would pop out. So it was like a little miniature golf cart inside the car. Okay. It just kind of reminds me, uh, when I worked as like a diesel apprentice for a little while, uh-huh. I worked, you know, for this guy named Bob, who was a real piece of work but mm-hmm. you know that's for another day but uh he always he had a winnebago and he always had a what was it a geo metro he had a convertible geo metro that he always had stuck to the back of it mm-hmm. and he would tow that around so he could drive around whenever they went camping or whatever mm-hmm. that thing was so tiny that thing was like the dale i mean it was like so small right three cylinder engine and i remember mm-hmm. his uh his stepson when the engine would crap out, which was every like two years. Right. He would get a new engine, like a complete replacement engine. And his son would take and we would, you know, unhook it all. And instead of using a cherry picker to take the engine out, he literally would just walk over and beast the engine out <laughs> of it by hand. Right. And then we would have to like put the new one in or mm-hmm. whatever. But he would mm-hmm. literally do it by hand. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like this stuff coming out of the engine. I mean, yeah. it just made Reminds me think about it. That. Yeah. Made me think about it. All right. Next, I want to talk about the one of the strangest but coolest cars that, that he built was the X-Pack. X.P.A.C. Or the X-Pack 400 air car okay so why do they call it the air car powered by two jet engine starter motors what yeah and it looks like something out of the cartoon the jetsons the that's it looks like a like a jetsons car yeah like a saucer like a flying saucer yeah exactly the x-pack was a hovercraft oh not like those stupid two-wheeled two-wheeled hoverboard craft things that kids like nowadays Mm -hmm. they don't hover they're on wheels i no, i don't that's called a hoverboard whatever it's not a hoverboard yeah it's on wheels this thing was a hovercraft like the military hovercrafts of the of its day right where it floats on a curtain of air everybody wanted a hovercraft heck yeah so back in the 80s this was his version of that except for it's like a space hovercraft yeah exactly. i mean this, this thing is like it's got these crazy wings giant fins on the back and like a bubbly yeah. type thing yeah for stabilization you know? and you could drive it on land or on the water so so you could just take it for that's Total have you ever transition. seen like the military hovercrafts where exactly. they where they're driving it around back and forth i mean they look like airboats kind of like exactly. they move like those yeah where, you know, they have some kind of a big air propulsion thing, mm-hmm. and they can move straight from land to water and right. back and forth. Yeah, well, the, the military ones, the turbines are down and back, so right. you can maneuver the airflow to where you need it to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So think of that, but in miniature and 70s awesome spacey. Right. This guy's done a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Barris even gave NASA permission to look over some of his designs and groundbreaking work on his lunar rover concept car called the Moonscope. NASA actually contacted the Barris company after seeing some pictures of this in a car magazine. Yeah. And they wanted to know more information about it, especially about the like the wheel design. Mm-hmm. Because the whole the whole design and research was done thinking that this could be a lunar rover or a Mars rover. 
Yeah, it's kind of like a, it looks a little bit like a, I'm taking a look at a picture now. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of like a dune buggy, but with six wheels. Right. And it's got these very bouncy looking wheels. So he actually yeah. designed a car that he thought would work well on the moon. Mm-hmm. And NASA was like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. It it had like air tanks in the back for drivers, the astronauts to drive and be able to hook up their air tanks. Yeah. Each wheel worked independently, but also the drivetrain made them all work at the same time. Wow. So they could move up and down like the lunar rover that we have right now on Mars. Yeah. A little robotic one. All the wheels move up and down independently, but all at the same time. So I just thought it was really neat that NASA was like, hey, this guy has something over here that we yeah. can probably use. Yeah. I, it, I mean, it looks exactly like that. You yeah. Know? And Except ba- for there's not like a, a lady with a kind of scantily clad top. I mean, like there might be on 1960s Mars. looking, you know, beach babe standing right. next to it. You on know? Mars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Barris actually, I mean, so he gave him permission and he was like, here, use whatever you guys think would work for an American NASA mission. So this one specifically, this moon scope and everything, mm-hmm. did when you were a kid at like the carnival, you know those like they had all these like 70s looking kind of cars that would, you know, and they sometimes had like different motorcycles and they were all that like flecked paint. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those? Oh, like as yeah. a kid, I, I don't know if any of our listeners like, like the like, bumper cars or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, but it just yeah. reminds me of all of those kind of like they were definitely probably made in the 1970s have been fixed since then you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or or maybe even earlier but you know just that super flecked paint you know and you would be i remember it was some kind of a carousel Mm -hmm. that when you were a kid and there these uh little motorcycles or whatever and you pressed a button and the motorcycle actually did wheelies Mm -hmm, and stuff like that when i was like on that little track thing yeah like like it was a carousel Mm -hmm. but it was yeah all these different cars you know and you would have different cars with like the six tires you know like atv kind of things yeah so yeah. that's that's what all of his concept cars look like to me. Right. You know? Well, there were companies that contacted the Barris company to say, hey, we want to start making model cars of your design. Oh, like Matchbox cars. Stuff Matchbox like cars and model cars. Like yeah. the models that you put together and glue and paint oh, and yeah. everything. Yeah. So his brother Sam, before he passed away in, I think, uh, 1967 from cancer, mm-hmm. like he had set up with a bunch of different like toy companies oh, that's to license cool. rights to make some of his cars into toys and models. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. So they, they get a chance to live on forever. Right, yeah. right. If I mean, I beg you guys, if you want to see some really weird, cool cars, go to Barris.com. He did a car uh, for Red Fox. It's like a junkyard truck where it picks up like old cars and stuff. Oh, a tow truck. Tow truck, yes. Yeah. that That's the word. But it's crazy looking, and it's like Red Fox's little wrecker or something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's got this. I'm looking at it now. It's got like that Pope Mobile glass stuff yeah! going around, but like the front of it. There's no seat. You actually sit on this hump where the steering wheel is. <laughs> you're, you're like riding a horse while you're right. You're driving. And it looks this like truck. there's shag carpet inside of it. It's oh yeah yeah. There's there's a Vox guitar car that he built. For the the Vox Guitar Company. Yeah. It's just amazing stuff. Sadly, George passed away in uh, 2015, but the company is still running with many of the family members continuing George and Sam's legacy. 
So please check it out. It's awesome. Yeah, this is really like a throwback to me to like some of those old Matchbox car right cars. I I you know I think Hot Wheels stuff mm-hmm. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Same same kind of stuff. And they're still working on stuff nowadays. There's there's one on there that is they call it the Crime Fighter truck or something, mm-hmm. uh, and it looks like the Batman sixty six car on like a Ford F one fifty. On a Ford F-150. Like the paint job and some fins. Yeah, it definitely. It looks like the old Batmobile. Right. Uh, They actually did the comic, I think he's a ventriloquist, Jeff Dunham. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. They did a car for him, and it's a smart car done up like the Batmobile. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at that one right now. Yeah. So they're still working. They're still doing stuff. They're still doing film, TV, and celebrity stuff. So it's really, really neat. That's awesome, Joe. I don't think I would have known about that unless you would have... Brought that to the table today. Well, I mean, the Dragula, the Monster Car, those are things I grew up with. Yeah, I'm going to go home and weld some shit onto my truck. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, I got a welder. I might as well just go ahead and do it, right? Yeah, let's, yeah come on. Let's so, do it. So, you know, also, just since we've been sitting here talking, and you know, we, we you researched the stuff that you did. I did mine. Mm-hmm. But since we've been doing that, I've had ideas, like, I think three so far for a Weird Cars 2. Oh, there there are tons. Yeah, so there are tons of weird cars. Yeah, so I've I've got a couple of ideas for our our next episode about weird cars. So sure. that'll that's definitely coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. So and I'll talk to you those I'll talk to you about those after after the show after the wink, show. Wink. Yeah. All right, Curiosos, thank you so much for joining us. We uh, greatly appreciate it. And uh, shit, we never come up with a sign off, Joe. Stay curious. <laughs> that's terrible. It's awful. I'm just going to start my engines and roll on out of here. Roll on. Roll out. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us, facebook.com backslash thecurioso podcast. Check out our merchandise on zazzle.com backslash curioso podcast you can also check out our videos youtube.com backslash curioso podcast on the left hand side of the curioso.com you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link and if you're a real curioso we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on itunes it will help us get more listeners and it'll make you feel good about yourself So, Joe, I just think that the DeLorean... So, Joe, I just think that the DeLorean... So, Joe, I just think that the DeLorean... Did it again. Go ahead. Sorry. So, uh, okay. So, uh, uh, so, uh, you know, so, uh, so, uh, uh, so, uh, 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 so the uh, top speed, <clears throat> let me just stop. I know I just said, uh, and, uh, 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 so, uh, there, uh, you know, uh, are these okay so far? Am I too umming? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying not to. Uh, yeah, so. Ready? I'm ready. <laughs>